Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. Hey, uh, good to see each other. We missed y'all last week. We were in Glorietta at the, uh, at the uh, marriage retreat, and I got up this morning, I was thinking, man, kind of the same temperature, but not the same scenery. <laughs> I was missing the Aspens, you know, I was like, hey, where'd the Aspens go? Well, they're not here. So, but it was gorgeous. We had a great time. What a great, great marriage retreat. And uh, man, I just want you to know, we, the presence of the Lord was at that place. Woo, man, it was really good. So if you get a chance next year, join us, okay? I know that doesn't work for everybody, especially that time of year, but if you get a chance, please be a part of that. That was awesome. But I'm glad to be back with you. Um, we are in a series called The Gift. The Gift is simply talking about the Holy Spirit. And I started this month, weeks ago, and we'll wrap it up right before Thanksgiving. But, but The Gift is a series on the Holy Spirit. And the reason that I wanted to do a series on the Holy Spirit is because when I was growing up, I mean, like I said, I, I didn't hear much about the Holy Spirit. I really did not hear that much about the Holy Spirit. And I'm not trying to talk down on the church I grew up in or the pastor I grew up under. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying that the Holy Spirit is an enormously awesome, beautiful, powerful gift given to the church by Jesus. And for it not to be mentioned a lot in the church is weird. It's like a gas station not talking about gas. Just doesn't make any sense. Just doesn't make any sense. And so I wanted to do a series talking about the Holy Spirit because I didn't hear much about it. And I don't know where you came from in, in, in growing up, but, but maybe you didn't either. But everything, you know, I didn't hear much, but what I did hear was bad. I mean, I'd, I'd see something, or we'd see something as a family about the Holy Spirit, and I would ask about it, and they would try to explain it to me, and, and, but then they would say at the end, and we, we don't, you need to kind of stay away from that kind of stuff. I'm like, Okay, I didn't know any better. Parents said stay away from it, and I stayed away from it, you know? Um, but everything I heard was bad. And so, and I said this before in the series, the Holy Spirit, I believe, Satan's last chance to get to church is the Holy Spirit. Because see, Satan really wanted to be God, but that didn't work out too good for him. Didn't work out good. And he really thought he had Jesus for a second, and then bless his heart, resurrection morning came, and oh, Lord help, all right? It didn't go well, okay? So he's like, dead gum. So he's 0 for 2. He only gets three swings, and he's got one left, and that's the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you, he's coming on hard on it because he has taken the beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit, and he has twisted that thing. He's connected some weird stuff to it. All right? And he's told people, it's scary, it's weird, and you got to run away from it. But the problem is, in Scripture, they don't run away from it, they run to it. And so if we're ever going to be the church, and we're ever going to have power, 
Little church, big church, we better run to it, not from it. Because we're not going to do good running from it. We're just not gonna, it's just not going to be pretty. And so we're going to talk about that. I wanted to kind of set the table. We, we've been doing it through four weeks. What I've been doing is trying to answer questions about the Holy Spirit because I think there's more questions about the Holy Spirit than anything else. And so you, you've had some and I've had some. And so what I try to do is get a better grip of what the Holy Spirit is and who he is based on questions that are answered. So we started off uh, right out of the bat talking about who is he? Who is he? Jesus said the Holy Spirit will come alongside of us. Okay? The NIV calls, it, calls him the counselor. The old King James, which some of you, that's the, there's only one Bible, right? For some of you, there's only one. Okay, so the old King James calls him the comforter, all right? And the new King James, that's what I preach out of, the new King James calls him the helper. I don't really care what you call him, all right? Just that you call him. Amen? I mean, don't get caught up on verbiage. Get caught up on obedience, Okay, so call him the counselor, because you'll need a counselor sometimes, right? Call him the comforter, because you'll need some comfort, and call him a helper, because trust me, you won't do it by yourself. You're going to need a helper. So we talked about who is he, all right? Then we talked about, is he a person? And I told you before, number one question you got to answer. If you don't answer that one, and how you answer that one says a lot about you. If, if you answer, who is he? He's a force. You're in trouble. You ever had a personal relationship with a force? It's not Star Wars, man. You ain't going to, you know. That's not it. Well, the Holy Spirit is, he's kind of an, he's kind of an it. He's just out there. No, he's not an it. And he's not out there, Okay. Because people that are out there are like, man, out there. All right? but, but he's not an it. Because how many people would give their lives to Christ to develop a personal relationship with an it? That's not real attractive. That's not going to motivate them to the cross. All right? Hey, you need to accept Jesus and you have a personal relationship with an it. Well, okay. I can't wait. i got to get my shoes on and get there. All right? I mean, that's just weird. The Holy Spirit is a person. You've got to determine it. You've got to settle that in your heart and life. If the Holy Spirit is anything other than a person, he's not, he's not right in your life. You, 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 you've got to get that down. The Holy Spirit is a person because you cannot have a personal relationship with anything other than a person. So the Holy Spirit is a person. So why in the world, why in the world is he so scary? Why? Now, I know there's some scary people out there. But listen to me. He's a person. Maybe the reason he's scary is because you don't know him. You know, there's a lot of people that I thought were scary, and I got to know them. And are not so scary. I've even had people tell me, see that dude right there? That dude's scary. 
I'm like, why? Well, I don't know. They just told me he's scary. So I'm telling you, he's scary. <laughs> so I'm like, well, I'm about to color outside the lines because I'm about to go meet scary. So I go meet scary. And scary ain't scary. Scary's pretty cool. Scary just, scary just needed someone to be a friend with. And so I grew up as a kid being told that, number one, it wasn't a person. And number two, when, he, when I finally figured out he was a person, I was told he was a scary person. I wasn't motivated to meet a scary person. But finally, I met the person of the Holy Spirit and realized he wasn't scary. And he wasn't weird. And he wasn't goofy. And he wasn't going to make me goofy, weird, or scary. Because I was afraid of all that. And so you have to come to terms in your own personal life that the Holy Spirit is a person. Now listen to me. If you're married today and your wife sees him as a person and you don't, you can't tap into her person for you. I just needed to say that. Because a lot of people think, well, as long as my wife sees him as a person, we'll let her pray for the family because she knows him better. No, you're the man of the house. You're commissioned to lead. You better get to know the person so you can lead as a person. And when you lead as a person, your sweet wife will follow right behind you and your little ducklings will not get out of line. They won't. But as long as you see him as an it and not a person, you won't know him nor follow him. And so you've got to come to terms that the Holy Spirit is a person in your life. So we answered, who is he? We answered, is he a person? Which is by far the most important question there. And then we went to, is he Pentecostal? All right. Is he Pentecostal? Meaning, do you believe fully in the person and the work of the Holy Spirit that every believer needs a vital relationship in the Holy Spirit? Yes. Then he's Pentecostal. Not in the historical uh, kind of norm that we see today. Not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit part of Pentecostal. He, he's Pentecostal. All right? He's Pentecostal. Then we answered, can I experience Pentecost? Can I experience? Because I wasn't there, remember, for Pentecost. All right? But can I experience Pentecost? Can I fully receive all the Holy Spirit today? Can I truly be empowered, controlled, guided, and led by the Holy Spirit? Can I live strong? Can I live bold? Can I live confident? Can I live with authority? I'm going to say something to you. Y'all saying with authority. I'm just telling you. Y'all declared with authority. You don't sing and declare without the Holy Spirit. That is the power. Can I truly experience victory in my life? Breakthrough in my life? Freedom in my life? Healing in my life? Not only in my life, but in my marriage and in my family. Yes, you can. I am so done with the church, little church and big church going, well, that's how it's going to be. You know, Jesus suffered. So we just got to suffer. No, Jesus suffered. 
But oh, my goodness gracious, did he do much more than that. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit will bring power, authority, boldness, strength. He'll bring you victory. He'll empower you. You've got to declare it with authority as a child of the king. That's what you've got to come back with. That's how you live. Can I experience Pentecost? Yes, 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 and amen. Yes, 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 and amen. So today, I want to jump in. Title of the message today is called, Does He Baptize? Does He Baptize? Now listen to me. This is a lot. All right? There are three big, big, big questions that we're going to answer, okay? There's no way to do that in one. No way. So what I'm going to do today is I'm going to take the first two, and then we're going to save the big, juicy last one for one Sunday, and that's next Sunday. So here's the deal. If you're here today, you are. you got to be back the 29th. If you leave this thing half done, undone, you're going to be messed up. There's three, we're going to do two, you got to get the third. So you got to make sure you're here next Sunday, okay? And if you know somebody that's out of town, not here, they have got to get the podcast and listen to one and two, because if they start with three, <laughs> oh, they're going to be in trouble, all right? They're just going to be in trouble. So you're going to have to get one and two, you're going to get it today, you got to get three next week, don't miss that, Okay? So we're going to take two Sundays to do it. Today's part one, does he baptize, okay? I want to look at this pattern in Scripture, okay? This is the pattern we're going to look at, okay? Salvation, water, and spirit. You say, there's a pattern in Scripture that? Yes, there is. There's a pattern in Scripture of salvation, of water, and of spirit, and I promise you, I am going to try to break this down so simple for you. You say, well, are you trying to convince us of this? No, 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 no. I don't want to convince you of anything. I want the Holy Spirit to convince you. I don't want to convince you. If I can convince you of anything, somebody else can convince you out of that and into something else. All right? But when the Holy Spirit convinces you of it, shows you to it, Sees it like you've never seen it, pours concrete around it, you're not moving. You're not moving. I don't care what happens. You're not moving. You're going to lock in. That's who I want to teach this, not me. I, I know I'm standing here, but I'm not here, okay? I want the Holy Spirit to teach that. Salvation, water, and spirit. So I want to look at this pattern in Scripture. These are the three we're going to look at, okay? Number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. We'll look at that today. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Camp on in Jesus. That's extremely important, okay? Number two, the disciple baptizes us in water. Very simple, all right? Third, Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Now, for many Many, many years of my life, I had one in three as the same thing. I did. Problem with that is, theologically, it's not the same. In grammatic, in, 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 as far as grammar, it's not the same. One in three have different subjects. 
doing the act can't be the same. And I'm going to show you in Scripture that it's not the same. All right? I want to show you how it agrees in heaven and on earth that it's not the same. These are the three we're going to look at. The third one, it is a biggie, okay? It's big for me. It's still big, okay? We're going to look at one and two today. Got to get solid on one and two, all right? So, number one, the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Grab your word. Go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I want you to look at verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. Please don't go to 1 Chronicles. That will not be what you're thinking, okay? 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Grab your pencil, pen, highlighter, whatever you need. Here we go. For by one Spirit, we were all baptized in the one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, we have all been made to drink in the one Spirit. We have all been baptized in the one body. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. The Holy Spirit, listen, Scripture says in John 6, 44, no one comes to the Father unless the Holy Spirit draws him. Nobody, all right? The Holy Spirit is the one that baptizes us into Jesus. Listen to me. Into Jesus is the most important phrase in there. You read all through the Gospels, in Christ, in Jesus, in Christ, in Jesus, in Christ, in Jesus. You can be in religion. You can be in church. You can be in try harder. But as long as you're in religion, in church, in try harder, in do right, in walk right, in wear the right t-shirt, in the right bumper sticker on the back of my car, all that in won't get you nowhere unless you're in Jesus. You got to be in Jesus. I'm just sorry. You say, well, that's just such a hardcore gospel. Well, if you think Jesus preached anything other than just that, you're crazy. You remember when he said it? He said, unless, you're, unless you can be with me when you take the body and the blood, and, 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 and the people said, well, that's a hard teaching, and they began to drift off. It is a hard teaching. Whether you know, Jesus said, if you can't hate your mother, your father, and Wallace, you can't follow me. He's not literally telling them to hate them. He's just saying, listen to me. Here's the deal. You better love me more than them. Your family might turn against you. Some of you in here, your family has turned against you. But you've got to love Jesus more. Listen to me. If you're in the room today, if you're in the room today, and there's been a time in your life where you realize that Calvary, the cross, what Jesus did was for you, that the only way to heaven was through the cross. That Jesus bore your sins on the cross. He took nails in his palms and his feet, spear in his side, thorns on his head. He died on an old rugged cross to save a wretch like you. When that happened in you, you were totally, totally baptized, immersed in Jesus. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Without the cross, you can't be made new. You can't be made new. 
Listen to me. If you're in the room today and you know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior, the Holy Spirit of God baptized you in Jesus. And you know what he did after he did it? He sealed it. Sealed it. And you never, ever will lose your salvation. Never. Never. He says there's no way to do it because you're in my hand. And unless you can jump out of my hand and pry my hand off of you, you're not going to lose your salvation. Once you're genuinely saved and truly born again of God, you are in, in Christ forever. Listen to me. Don't confuse yourself. You will never, ever get there other than the cross. Never. Never. You will never work enough. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says simply this. It is not by works, but by my grace that you are saved. So no man may boast. No man. Listen, if you could earn your way there, you could have saved that cross, man. If you could be born a Christian, well, why do you have to die? I mean, seriously, work in a nursery if you think you're born in Christ. All right? That stuff's not coming out of Christ in there. All right? There's a seed that's coming from it. It ain't that seed. All right? You're like, I didn't teach my kid that. I know. You don't have to. You don't have to. They'll learn that. We don't hit at our house. Junior hitting. So I don't know where he's hitting it from. Bad friends or something. But listen to me. You got to be in Christ in the Holy Spirit is the one that does that. Holy Spirit baptizes you in, in Christ. So today, if you're sitting here and you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know for sure that there was a time in your life that you were dead and Christ saved you and now you're alive in Christ Jesus, then my friend, the Holy Spirit is the one you should say, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for saving me. Thank you for baptizing me in Jesus. Because I like being in Jesus. I like being in Jesus. Number two, the disciple baptizes us in water. It's pretty simple. Get saved, all right? Water baptized. That's, that's easy. Look at Matthew's gospel. Matthew 28, 19. Matthew 28, 19. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The disciple baptizes us in water. So you're in Christ and you're in water. Beautiful. Look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what's the phrase there? If anyone's where? In Christ. He is a new creation. The old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. Baptism is symbolism of your new life. I remember when my brother and I were growing up in East Texas. It's hot in East Texas. You can wake up clean, and within hours, you smell like a puppy. You just smell like a dog. You do. So at the end of the day, after we played outside all day, my mom would say, you boys go take a bath. So we go take a bath. My brother, he's just such a show-off. He'd get all spick and clean, smelling all pretty. 
And my mom would say, oh, Brian, you did so good. Let me towel you off. Oh, go get your PJs on. She comes in there to get me out of the bathtub. She goes, like a bloodhound. I'm like, you take a bath? I said, mm-hmm. I took a bath. You use soap? I said, mm, that's questionable. Uh, no, ma'am. Did you just play? I did play. I had fun. All right. She said, what good is it for you to take a bath if you're not going to use soap? So I'm going to leave, and now you're going to use soap. And when I come back in here to towel you off, I don't want you to smell like a puppy anymore. I said, yes, ma'am. So after she leaves, I take the bar of soap, scrub up. I get out. Mom comes in. She says, now that's more like it. Now you smell clean. You don't smell like a puppy. All right? What is that symbolizing? When you get saved, you're covered by the blood of Jesus and born again. He says, follow me in baptism. Your symbolism is you go in smelling like a puppy, but you come up smelling woo, good. And the father drives you off and says, mm, I'm so proud of you, son. You did so good. I Go get them. And then you go. Symbolism is a baptism is a beautiful symbol of the old life in and the new life that comes up. Remember when the children of Israel went through the Red Sea? Mm. The past, and that old junk was behind them. And God did this. And they came on through. And they turned around, and they looked at their old life. And God covered over it. That's you and me, man. How many of you were a mess when you came to Christ? Just a mess. Jesus set you free. He took you out of nastiness, man, and he redeemed you. Woo! He saved you out of a lot. Psalm 40, boy, he slippery rock, put you on a firm foundation. Then he said, sing, baby. And now you sing. And you, get, and you remember when you got baptized? You came out of that water. They were taking pictures. Grandparents were there. Everybody's there. They clapping. Church went crazy. Well, they should have. I don't know what kind of church you grew up in. Mine, you couldn't clap. Not clap. You could clap for the special right before the uh, preacher preached. Can I just tell you, that wasn't always special. <laughs> That's a whole other subject. But, but, but here's the deal. When you came up, what are they clapping for? What are they excited about? They, they, they were not there when you got saved in Christ, in Jesus. They were not there when the Holy Spirit did that in you. But, oh, your church family was there when you got baptized. And when you got out of that water as a clean boy, as you came through that Red Sea, your past just, poof, gone. And he didn't ever want you to look back and say, that's who I am. You can look back and say, that's what I was, all right, to motivate you forward. But let me tell you something. That's a beautiful thing, baptism. People say, well, I don't have to get baptized to go to heaven. Oh, my goodness. You're right, because I'm sure that thief, I mean, he, he, that thief, that thief's going to, he's going to heaven. I promise you. That other one's not. Mm-mm. Nope. That other one burnt hot dog. But I'm just telling you, that one is in heaven. And when, if, you, if you're born again today and you're saved and you get to heaven, you can go say hi to that thief. But Jesus told him point blank, you'll be with me in paradise. Now, I'm sure that thief would like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, guards, uh, can I, I need to get down. 
I need, I, I need to get down. Where are you going to go? I got to get baptized, but I'll come right back. I'll come back. He ain't coming back. That thief get off that cross, he's gone. That thief did not get a chance to come off that cross and be scripturally baptized, but I promise you, Jesus said, today you'll be with me in paradise. So that's your scripture reference that so you don't have to be baptized to go to heaven. But I'm going to tell you something. If you want to be obedient and follow Jesus and believe in baptism, because Jesus is the example, right? So then be like Jesus, get scripture baptized. Some of you were baptized as a child. You got saved later in life. You know what you need to do. Well, break my mom's heart. It's okay. You won't break her heart. You need to get your baptism on the right side of salvation. Because of many adults that have never been scripturally baptized after they gave their life to Christ, they struggle. And they struggle because baptism is the first step of obedience. And I know this about baseball. You miss first base and try to go to second without touching that base, you're going to be called out. You can go back to the dugout and take that helmet off. Now, by grace, we're not called out, but we will struggle. God set it up, and he's not going to change it just because you were hatched. Jesus said, you follow me after, after you get saved with scriptural baptism. You get immersed. So you've been immersed in the blood of salvation. You've been immersed in the water of baptism. Amen. That's good stuff. You need both. All right? So I have people sometimes say, well, I got a question for you, Pastor. What do you do with Ephesians chapter 4? Especially verse 5. It says there's one baptism and one Lord. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So you're just telling me there's two right there. Well, let me say something to you. It says one Lord, but there's three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We know there's three. No one, nobody's going to disagree that there's three. There's three. I'm going to show you next week that there are three baptisms too, and they agree as one. We have three Lords that agree as one and three baptisms that agree as one, okay? Let me say this. Even the people who will say, who will say that there's one baptism, they believe in two. They believe, they believe that there is the baptism of salvation by the blood of the cross. That you're, you're immersed in the blood for salvation. And they also believe and have been water baptized. So right there, you would say they, they believe in two. You're right. They do believe in two. But they say they believe in one. I'm going to tell you there's three that agree as one, just like there's three that agree in one. I'm going to show you that three agree in heaven and three agree on earth. All right? So the question is, does he baptize? The answer to that is, yes. Yes, he baptizes. He baptizes us in salvation. The Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus when we get saved. If you're here today and you've been born again, you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit in Jesus. He's coming back to get you, those who are in Jesus. Hopefully, if you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit in Jesus, born again, that you have been baptized also by the disciple in water. If you haven't done that, and I don't care how old you are, you need to do that. You need to do that. Well, you, you say it's not that big of a deal. It's a big deal. It's a very big deal because it seals the deal, all right? It brings closure to it. It gives you confidence, okay? 
So if you're an adult today and you thought, well, if I get saved, it doesn't matter if I get baptized. Yes, it does matter. It does matter. So this morning, I only want to deal with those two. All right? Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Has there been a time in your life that that's happened? Has there been a time? You can sit here today, this morning, confidently saying, I am in Jesus. I'm in Jesus. If you can't say that you are for sure, for sure, for sure, you're in Jesus, you need to give your life to Christ. You need to be born again. Nicodemus knew he wasn't in Christ. He knew he wasn't. That's why he sought Jesus out. Let the Holy Spirit bring you to Jesus. And let the Holy Spirit baptize you in Jesus. All right? And if you have, and you haven't for some reason been baptized in water, scripturally baptized, immersed in water, I hope you do that. I pray you do that. You need to do that. Okay? Jesus is our example. Then follow Jesus in believer's baptism. If you are a believer, then follow Jesus in believer's baptism. The old is gone. The new has come. It's symbolism for who you are today. All right? Those are the two things today. No matter how old you are, how old you are, let the Holy Spirit baptize you in Jesus and let the disciple baptize you in the water. All right? Let me pray for us. Father, this morning, God, as the praise team comes, God, we come to our time of invitation, better said, when we come to our time to respond. God, this morning, if there is somebody in the room today, don't care the age of the individuals, if there's not been a time in their life that's given their life to Christ, I pray this morning through the Holy Spirit, God, that you will lead them to Jesus and you will, bab- you, you, will, you will absolutely baptize them in Christ for the very first time. And God, if there's anybody in this, in this room that has never followed you in baptism, Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God will do that. Lead them to understand they need to be water baptized. And so God, this morning, as we stand and the blood begins to flow back through our legs, I pray that you move us if we need to make a decision for you. Whether it be salvation in Christ or baptism in the water, that you'd move us. And God, I pray for anybody here, individual, family, doesn't matter. They're looking for a great church home. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will lead them here today. God, this time is your time. And I pray, Father, that our response to you would be out of obedience. In Christ's name. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from The Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using The Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 